0: If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: My name is Erin Mooring. And I'm Brooke McLaughlin. In today's episode, we're continuing our conversation from last month about what to do when your prayer life runs dry. This is part two of a two-part series on this subject, so
0: if you haven't listened to part one, make sure to go do that. Yeah, last month we established that even the most prayerful of people can experience seasons where it's more difficult to pray than others, and Brooke and I confess that we have both been there. (laughs) To recap, the first three from our list of six reasons our prayer lives can run dry were that we're too busy we've experienced pain that makes us question God's goodness, and we don't want to need God's help. There's some real meat in those friends. So please do make sure to go back and listen to part one if you missed it.
1: Absolutely. So
0: our list of six reasons,
1: just so you know, it is not meant to be exhaustive. We realize that there's a whole lot more potential reasons that you might be having trouble in your prayer life, but we feel like these six reasons capture quite a bit of the heart behind the problem, and we'll be touching on the last three today. Hey friends, before we jump into today's show, Erin and I wanted to let you know about something
0: new at Million Praying Moms. The COVID season of history has been hard on us all. Many ministries like ours have folded or found themselves completely reinventing the way they reach their audience. Million Praying Moms has not gone unaffected by the economic downturn the world has faced because of this deadly virus, and yet God has been faithful. We're still here helping moms make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of parenting, and we thank God for providing for us every step of the way. Amen. For over a year, We've been
1: asking the Lord to show us how to invite you, our online family, into what God's doing here in a deeper way, giving you insider glimpses and providing helpful resources to meet Christian families right where they are with a message of hope. And we wanted to find a way to invite you to give on a financial level that best suits your family's needs, partnering with us to make sure we can keep going. Today,
0: we'd like to introduce you to our new membership offer through Patreon. If you enjoy this podcast, our prayer journals, daily prayers on social media, books, and other products, please consider joining at the tier level that fits you best. The first level, simply called One in a Million, is
1: just a $1 donation per month. In return, we'll put you and your family on our monthly prayer list. Erin and I will actually stop and pray for you once each month
0: by name. The next level called Praying Parents is only $10 per month and is the value packed option. We've stuffed it with all of our favorite things like a monthly scripture based prayer calendar, a 15% off coupon code for the Christian mom shop where you can get all of your praying mom gear, prayer journals, and more. And this discount code is good any time on any product in the shop. In addition to all that goodness, you'll
1: receive everything we've already mentioned, plus a top secret just for you, private 20 minute ish bonus podcast. Our focus for these is helping you know how to pray through the various seasons and current events you encounter. They're intended to touch on the issues that are important to you as parents and from time to time might touch on more sensitive subjects than we typically share on the larger podcast
0: and finally for those who want to make million praying moms a higher priority in their giving we have our inner circle which costs 100 dollars a month reserved for those who would like to be a part of the million praying moms inner circle this tier in addition to benefits from lower tiers brings with it a behind the curtain relationship with us your co-founders brooke mclaughlin and aaron mooring you get access to a monthly prayer circle where we pray for you and you pray for the needs of the ministry, a monthly Q&A with B&E or Brooke and Erin, where you can ask anything of myself and Brooke related to motherhood, prayer, online ministry, business, etc. and a free physical copy of Everyday Prayers for the Ages and Stages by Brooke McLaughlin and the Million Praying Moms writers.
1: Support the show you've come to know and love and enjoy a deeper experience of the community behind Million Praying Moms. It's really a win-win. To learn more about partnering with us this way, simply visit millionprayingmoms.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We can't wait to see you there.
0: As a reminder, Brooke and I want to make sure you know we're not preaching at you. Some of the reasons for a dry prayer life we're going to share today might feel uncomfortable or challenging, but please know that as we challenge you, we are challenging ourselves. Absolutely. The
1: things we're talking about, both in last month's episode and today's, they're real, guys. They're real problems. And sometimes we make light of them or we laugh about them, but they're absolutely 100% real. So with that in mind, let's talk about reason number four. And that is, Erin? We are tired. Yes. Okay. Can I kick us off on this one, please? Please, you do. guys. Yes. So you guys know that I co-wrote a book series with Stacey Thacker called Hope for the Weary Mom, and there's a story about this that I really think illustrates what we're talking about here. When we were batting around ideas about this specific title, Stacy and I got some pushback from the publisher on having the phrase "weary mom." be so prominent in the title. In fact, one of the publishers actually asked us if we really wanted to be known as the weary moms for the rest of our lives. And we did pause and think about that. I will tell you, we were like, hmm, I don't know. Is that really what I want to be known as? What sealed the deal for us on that specific title was an email we received from a mom almost immediately after that conversation. She said, and I'm quoting, I was up late last night Googling, asking God to lead me to the help I needed. I typed in the words, hope for a weary mom, and your book came up. I can't believe how God did that. I mean, it was pretty amazing that she typed in the title almost word for word. And that was exactly what the publisher needed to get on board with it, uh, with using that in the new edition that they were producing. But the point we were trying to make is that moms aren't just tired they're weary and they need something more than a day at the spa or a coffee date to give them sustainable hope.
0: Yeah, so let's be clear. It's not that we think you're not tired. You are. <laughs> like we are. <laughs> Mother could motherhood can be physically demanding especially when your children are little. Add in working or homeschooling or carpooling or other endless activities that we know and love and you get one physically tired mom, but really motherhood is more than just physical. It's mental and emotional and spiritual too. And, you know, as my kids get older, those are the things that wear me out more in hope for the weary mom. Stacy talks about this and I love the way she describes it. She says, the truth is being a mom to four girls has been both a wonderful and humbling work for me. It's a dig down deep, throw your hands to the heavens, beg for mercy kind of work that can't be pushed aside. Most days I find myself completely obliterated of wisdom, strength, and humor. I collapse in my bed wondering how in the world I am going to do it again tomorrow. No other occupation has meant as much to me as this one does. What is on the line is not a promotion or a slap on the back of praise. It is the very hearts of my kids. And it demands a pouring out and pressing on like I have never experienced before. Yep. And that is what it feels like to be a weary mom in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. She summed it up perfectly. And
1: weariness, at least for me, is cyclical. It comes and goes. Some days I feel empowered, full of hope, even optimistic. And then bam, weariness hits me in the face. It's usually accompanied by... I don't know, a difficult conversation with a child or maybe a disagreement with my husband or cultural circumstances, or maybe a hard choice that I just don't know how to make. Sometimes it seems to just come out of nowhere. When I was a young mom, I didn't know what to do with it. And sometimes, if I'm honest, it made me question God and even complain to God more than it made me turn to him for help. And this isn't good because he is our source of hope. And this is where prayer comes in. Here's another quote from Stacy in Hope for the Weary Mom. Stacey, if you're listening, we're really giving you a lot of kudos <laughs> today. So all of these words are hers. They're not mine. I didn't write any of them. <laughs> but this is what she says. Prayer is absolutely vital to connecting us to our source of hope. Sometimes when we're weary, we simply forget to talk to Jesus about it. Instead, we settle for steadily complaining to other people looking to gain their sympathy. What we need is a refuge and a strong tower of hope. With a simple prayer, we can cry out to God to find both. Erin, I have to confess that just yesterday, I sat down at my computer and I started typing out a prayer request directed to you. I was going to send it to you and, and ask you to pray for something for me. But I was convicted that my words were more complaint than sincere need for prayer. So I deleted it and I spoke to Jesus directly about it instead. And look, I'm not saying that it's wrong to ask other people for prayer. You can do that. But you, Aaron, are not my ultimate source of hope. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> and I'm just going to say, like, sometimes God uses you that way to give me hope. Sometimes God uses other family and friends, um, other believers to offer us hope. But He
0: is where we need to turn first. Exactly. And if we are not connected to our source of hope, we're going to stay in a permanent state of weariness. Yeah. We have lots of resources at Million Praying Moms
1: designed to help you connect
0: to your source
1: of hope. So, we'll put a few of them, uh, a few of our favorites in the show notes from today's episode. All right. The next point for today, which is actually point 5 overall, is
0: that we spend our time on things that distract us from God, and I should really feel, you know, like like the arrow's pointing right at me on this one because I am so easily distracted, so easily distracted. And, you know, our distractions that take us away from God can be many different things. But I'm going to start with the area that I've struggled with the most over the years, but really over the past year. And that's like finding things that distract us from our hurts, from our doubts, from our uncertainty that have nothing to do with God. Then Um, it could be. TV shows, like I love a good binge on Netflix or um, I have a bunch of stuff recorded because I really love movies and TV shows. And I think I'm drawn to story a lot because I will lose myself in a TV show or a movie or a really good book. If I am upset about something, if I'm um, feeling uh, hurt, if I'm feeling scared, if I'm feeling doubt, any of those things, I will lose myself in story. And that means whatever form it can come in, audiobooks, books, TV, movies, all of that. And those aren't inherently bad necessarily, but I'm going to them instead of going to God with those feelings. And another way that I struggled with that, especially in the past year during this pandemic, I mean, we did not have a lot of good feelings going on during that time. A lot of people were having faith crisis in just, God, what are you doing here? And I I didn't relate with that very much, but there were a lot of situations in our world in the last year that just caused me to be fearful. Um, And I don't like uncertainty at all. And there was so much uncertainty about when things would change again. It just seemed like every day we woke up and things were different. And that was really hard for me because I don't like change. I don't like uncertainty. I don't like knowing, not knowing what's coming next. And so during, during this past year, we're stuck at home. There's not a lot of in-person community going on. And my escape was shopping, was, uh, planning other things was like I said, watching TV books, you know, movies, all of that stuff. And that's how I distracted myself rather than taking how I was feeling to God. And I was so convicted by that, that for Lent, I Lisa Whittle has a shopping fast. And it was a challenge to lay down those things that are distracting you from God. And for me, it was that. And it wasn't even that I was always buying a lot of things. It was that I was looking at buying things when I could have been talking to Jesus about how I was feeling. But I didn't really want to face those feelings very much. And so I found things to distract myself. And that's where we go. Like we, we run from him to find distractions when we don't want to tackle how we're really feeling.
1: I can totally relate to that, Erin, especially the binge watching stuff. When we first moved home to be near our parents, I guess about five years ago now, my husband didn't come with us. Um, He was waiting on a transfer. And it didn't come through immediately the way that we thought it would. And so we spent a year living apart. And I need to tell you guys, it was so, so hard. My boys were nine and 11 when that happened. And they were adjusting to a new home, a new town, new friends, life without 24 access to their dad, which was probably the hardest thing. It didn't go smoothly. And there were lots of nights that I spent more time watching Gilmore Girls reruns when I should have spent time with God. I should have been spending time with God. Now, I don't, Look, don't get me wrong. I love me some Gilmore Girls. And I know you we do are, too. <laughs> We are pro Gilmore Girls yes. here. Don't, yes. don't misunderstand. Yes. I actually, uh, I had a deer wreck the other day and oh, no. the deer hit me and somebody sent me, like totally the deer hit me. I promise. He came out of nowhere and hit me. He ran into the side of my car and somebody sent me a video of that episode of where Rory. Rory gets hit by the deer and her friend says, wait, don't you mean the deer hit or you hit the deer? No, the deer hit me. Yep. <laughs> so that's See, exactly, it happens. It's, it happens. So we love the Gilmore girls. This is not an anti Gilmore girls rant. I'm just saying that I was weary during that time. And I had never had to parent alone like I was in that season. And even though You know, my big brother pitched in and my parents chipped in to help as much as they could. I really like the responsibility was on me to do it. And I wish that my gut reaction had been to turn more to God's word. But if I'm honest, it was really more to escape in comedic reruns. And not so shockingly, my prayer life wasn't fantastic during that season either.
0: Yes. And, um, you know, there's something about turning to reruns when you know what's going to happen that is reassuring. And someone pointed that out to me in the last year, that people that tend to worry or are in in a moment of anxiety or worry tend to run to things that they know what's going to happen. And that's why we love reruns. And I was like, that is so true. That's why I rewatch the same shows over and over again. But, you know, that is part of being a believer is that we have to trust that God knows what's going to happen, even if we don't, and that that's where our peace should come from. And, you know, I feel like we need to address another kind of distraction as well, because we're talking about kind of like worldly distractions, you know, shopping and TV and, and, you know, maybe even there are some activities that you've gotten involved in that, that are distractions for you. But the other kind of distraction I want to address is the Christian things we run to that actually end up distracting us from God himself. So you may be in a time of hurt, of doubt, uncertainty, any of those things. What are you doing with that? Are you going right to God with that? Or are you reading another Christian book about it? Are you getting more? time spent serving at church because you just can't stop moving or you'll have to think about it and do that. I mean, all of these things, Christian books, spending time serving him, uh, women's Bible studies, um, you know, even talking to a Christian friend, those are all really good things, but they are better if we've gone to God first. And, you know, it's that cliche (laughs) quote, have you prayed about this as much as you've talked about it? And it really is true that we can do all these good, quote unquote, good Christian things when we're hurting and they end up being not good for us because we never went to God with what we're hurting about in the first place. And a lot of us are doers. And so we think that if we do stuff for God, that this will help us and that prayer is too passive, like it's not enough. It's not going to fix anything for us. We need to do stuff to help us through this situation. But really that's not the case because it all starts with our personal relationship with God. And if if we're not going there first, the rest of it's going to feel empty and just drain us even more. I love that. Really,
1: prayer is the best action. Like we're we're so action oriented. We feel like we have to be doing something to fix it. But really prayer is doing. It is. and And we need to start
0: to see it that way. Right. And as we say in our, this is our whole motto, it is our first and best response. And we're not saying those other things are bad, but what is your first response? And that should be going to God and and talking to him directly about these things rather than distracting ourselves with other things. Good Christian things. Yeah, absolutely. Prayer
1: is not a last resort. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, finally, number six, the last reason, and maybe the most important reason that our prayer lives run dry is because
0: we don't place a high enough priority on reading God's word. Yes. And I think we save the best or maybe the most important. I don't know if any of them's the best because we're talking about <laughs> right. reasons our prayer life runs dry, but maybe the most important We saved it for last because prayer and time spent reading God's word go hand in hand. And that's, we've been preaching this for (laughs) forever to ourselves and to you. It really builds on something you shared earlier, Brooke, about the year that you had, um, where you lived without your husband, your family did, while you waited for him to get a transfer. When you didn't prioritize time in the word, your prayer life dried up. Yeah,
1: it did. Although... You know, I will say it didn't dry up completely. I had been walking with the Lord for a really long time and prayer was already ingrained in me. It was a habit, but it definitely affected it. Most definitely. I do remember watching those Gil- Gilmore Girls uh, reruns long into the night. And when I would finally turn it off, the first words that came out of my heart as I was sleeping alone many nights during that time were, Father. Father. Like it immediately, as soon as I turned it off, even though it was way too late, my heart really did turn right to God in prayer. And I did have some sweet times of prayer at night as I was falling asleep. But I got to tell you, those later bedtimes left me just flat out exhausted. In the morning, and that didn't help me at all. I am not a morning person on a good day. Like <laughs> when I get eight full hours of sleep, I am still not a morning person. I'm just not I'm like a mid afternoon person. That's really my sweet <laughs>
0: spot because I really
1: I'm not a I'm not a you, night owl either. You need a,
0: you need a T-shirt that says mid afternoon person. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you make that for me? Aaron? I will. I, I will I'll get on that.
1: <laughs> I love it so much. So you know, doing that. Allowing myself to get into that habit made it harder for me to get up on time, which made it feel like we were constantly running late. And this just made things even harder for my kids who had already had their entire world turned upside down uh, when we moved. So, you know, add to that equation a mom who hasn't started her day by intentionally hiding the word of God in her heart so that she can be fueled by truth and not emotion. And you can easily see that this was a recipe for disaster and chaos. It really, it just didn't work.
0: Yeah, let's, okay, so let's focus on that phrase you just shared, fueled by truth. And I think most of us listening today can relate and confess that there, that really is how we want to live our lives, right? You know, fueled by truth means that everything we do comes from what we know to be true. And we only know what is true by going to scripture. And because we're flawed human beings, we are forgetful. And we are prone to stumble and we fall back into our old ways over and over again. So really we need to be going back to his word over and over and over again for that right kind of fuel to keep us going. I mean, I just think about like, you know, when I go to get gas for the lawnmower, like I have to remind myself, which is the right kind of fuel for this? Because if I get the wrong one, it's not going to work. And same thing with our car. And, you know, we have gotten to a point where we will fuel ourselves with the wrong things. We will get, get all worked up by lies that are fed to us by the enemy in, you know, whatever situation it might be. And then we don't function correctly because we aren't fueled by truth. We're fueled by lies. When it's the word that is filling our hearts, we are fueled by that and we live in that truth. That's
1: such a great word and such a good visual. My mom and dad have a diesel, uh, a diesel jeep, and I can tell you if they go put gas in it, it's not going to work, right? Nope. That's such nope. a great, uh, great imagery there. In um, in gospel centered mom, I wrote when I get overwhelmed by the things in this life, what I can see with my own eyes affects everything about me, including my ability to be a godly mom. But there is an unwavering truth that goes much deeper than what I can see. If I take the time to measure my feelings, my leanings, my understandings, positions, and opinions against the truth of God's word, and I find serious differences, I'm the one who's wrong. And I'm often wrong. The truth is that we are—we always live what we actually believe. And by that, what I mean is what we really and truly believe. Like we can say that we believe something, but we will always live what we actually believe in our hearts. The problem is, th- is that if we aren't measuring those thoughts and feelings and positions and opinions against the word of God, like you said, if we're filling our, our tanks with the wrong thing instead of the right thing, what we believe could be wrong. And if we're living out wrong beliefs, then all kinds of disaster can ensue. The truth is that spending time in God's word is supposed to change us. Hebrews 4.12, which is a really familiar verse around here, calls God's word living and active. That means it has the power to divide our hearts. When I'm reading God's word, God reveals truth to me and it's supposed to change me. It does change me. And nine times out of 10, my heart's response to any revelation I receive from God's word is one of prayer.
0: Yeah, so here's the process step by step. We go to God's word either out of simple obedience because we know we should, or because we know we're desperate for truth, or maybe both. Because God's word is alive and has the power to change us from the inside out, that's exactly what it does. We read a verse or passage and it challenges our beliefs or fills us with gratitude or reveals an area of sin, and our response is one of prayer. As pastor Timothy Keller says, prayer is a conversation that God has already started. And you know, that conversation starts when we read his word. It's simple, but I think we sometimes forget how important this kind of two-way communication is. I really love that quote,
1: Aaron, especially the idea that that God has already started this conversation. Because so, so often we get comments from moms that say, I don't even know how to start. Mm, well, my yeah. answer to that is you don't have to. God already did. Just go yes. read his word, right? Like he started the conversation. You just need to respond to it. And I think sometimes we forget that, that Jesus, um, who the scripture tells us is God's word made flesh, is how God speaks to us in this day and age. Hebrews, uh, to stay in Hebrews, verse uh, chapter one, verse two, says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. So Jesus is the word of God. If we want to get to know God better, if we want to respond to that conversation that God's already started, if we wanna to talk to him and learn to recognize how he speaks to us, Um, how, how best to hear his voice. The best way to do it is to get in his word is to make your prayers a response to the words that he's already spoken to you.
0: Yes. Oh man, this was another good show. We really hope you guys have been challenged to take a deep look at your prayer life over the past few episodes. And we hope you're enjoying our new weekly shorter podcast episodes too. Brooke's prayer tips series happens on the first and third Mondays of the month. And Prayer Mentoring Mondays with one of the two of us and Gina Smith are happening on the second and fourth Mondays. Don't miss those. They're intentionally short, direct, and to the point with the busy mom in mind. Okay. So last month, Erin, we kind of wrapped up the
1: show in prayer. So I thought Mm -hmm. we would do the same thing today Mm -hmm. um, and just pray over our moms and ask God to
0: meet all their needs um, while they're listening today. you want to start us? Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, Lord, we thank you for this community. We thank you for these moms coming together to pray for their family, for their kids. And really, Lord, um, to deepen their relationship with you in it all. And um, Lord, we just talked through this series about the ways that we let our prayer life dry up. And God, we're just asking you, begging you to breathe new life into the prayer lives of every single mom listening and every single mom in this community that is just weary, distracted, um, tired, uh, doubting Lord. We just ask that you would move in her heart and, um, that you would get that conversation going again, Lord. And we thank you that you've already started it with your word. And we just, um, ask you to nudge each of us, um, to come to you more often to, to do our part in the conversation and to stop trying to run away from the things that, um, we're dealing with Lord and instead run to you with them. And, uh, God, we just pray for new, refreshed, energized prayer lives, um, that would change mom's hearts that would change children's hearts, that would change families and generations to come Lord, because we know you have that power. Amen. Lord, thank you
1: um, for the opportunity to wrestle with these things and to look deeply at our hearts and try to figure out what's happening. Lord, it, it is a kindness from you that you would show us where there are areas that we need to fix and heal and And get free from. And so, Lord, we we recognize that there could be any number of other things, other reasons why the moms that are listening today are struggling in their prayer lives. But specifically for today, we want to lift up those who are worn out and weary, whether they have little ones running around the house, or they have teenagers that are um, asking big questions and, and they're struggling to know how to answer, or maybe they have Adults that are, um, you know, trying to make it in the world, and that brings its own level of stress and weariness. Uh, Father, would you meet them with hope? Would you show the moms that are listening right now, Lord, what it means to live with hope—not the hope that the world gives, but the hope that you give, Lord? Um, Jesus is our hope. So I pray, Father, that um, that we would spend uh, spend time enough time focused on him and not allowing the things of the world, um, good, bad, or ugly to distract us from what the most important thing is, which is, uh, spending time with you and getting to know you better. Father, if there's a mom here today listening that, that recognizes all of these things like, okay, that's all true, but I am struggling even with a desire to turn to the Lord. I'm struggling. I'm here today because my prayer life is dry and I'm not even sure I want to fix it. I recognize that it's true, but I don't know how to fix it. I'm not even sure that I want to. Father, would would you come to that mom in this moment and uh, reveal yourself, reveal your kindness and your patience and your love and your mercy? And would you refresh and renew and maybe reignite or maybe even ignite for the first time a passion for your word and for talking to you and getting to know you in the in these moms that we're, we're chatting with today, Lord. We love you. We thank you um, for the opportunity to do this. And we pray your blessings, your rich and full blessings over the moms and the families and the children that are represented here today. In Jesus name. Amen. Right. right. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying moms by following us on Instagram at millionprayingmoms or in the Million Praying Moms community at millionprayingmoms.com, where you'll find links
0: and show notes for each podcast episode. And remember, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit www.millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time! God's Word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I guide you through a scripture giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.